Thank you. Well, good morning, everybody. Let me trust you in a little bit, so please step in. It's wonderful to be here. Nobody want to sit here? Okay, that's fine. He's welcome. He's welcome. He's welcome. Just Anyone need pens? We have lots of restoration pens. Yes. Do you need a pen? Yes. I'll take a restoration pen. Uh, One more. A couple more, please. Yeah. One more. It's okay. Well caught. Yeah, well caught. Well, it's a privilege to be here. It really is uh, to be back with you folk. And uh, it's a real delight also to be back in Chicago. I shouldn't say that seeing as your team beat my team in, in baseball, but uh, I'll forgive you for that because I need to. Okay. <laughs> but it's a delight and just to see the growth by uh, the babies. That's wonderful. Congratulations to those parents. It's delightful. It's wonderful. Eh? Uh, Michelle does ask me to say hello to everybody. And so I just want to pass on her greeting. And I'm glad Aaron could be along with us, Aaron Brown. And uh, thank you for coming, Aaron. It's wonderful. Amen. Yes, welcome. All right. What I'd like to do this morning is uh, you asked me to speak on spiritual warfare. And it's a big subject. It's a misunderstood subject. It's a subject, unfortunately, where there's been a little bit of abuse, a little bit of misuse because it's not based biblically. And so we are going to look at some biblical scripture or some Bible just to make sure we're based in it. Anything we do and anything, we need to come back to the Bible. And so we, we stand on solid ground. Hmm. You with me? Yes. Otherwise, we get weird. Yeah. And uh, we do. People get weird. Let's, let's stay real, stay uh, real, but wild for the Lord but biblically sound, so that's what I want to do today, really just lay in that foundation, because it's going to help you down the line, you with me? Yeah. I'll tell you a little story, if I may, and I hope it's not going to frighten anybody, this is how it happened to us, and this was what led me into this whole area, and just to begin to, to read on it, and read books on it, and through all the experiences, we were, I was fairly newly saved, and we had just moved cities from Jan from Durban to Cape Town and we went to lead a youth group. I'd never been to Bible college. Um, I just had a radical salvation, fell in love with Jesus, turned my life upside down and miraculously the door opened for Michelle and I to go into full-time youth ministry. And we weren't there long and um, one Sunday morning after the church service we were in home and we didn't live far from the church. There was a knock on the door and a young man, Dave, I had, he was an unbeliever, but I had been befriending him and talking to him, etc. And he had often come around to our house and he knocked on my door, must have been about one o'clock. And he said, listen, I need help. So I said, what's the matter, Dave? He said, I need help. There's a young girl down the road in an apartment. She's just screaming. And I, we, I don't know what to do. I need help. So I said, all right. Okay. I, not that I know what to do, but anyway, let's go. So I got the hold of the pastor of the church, and I got hold of a guy that was actually, that weekend he was preaching in the church that I was part of. So the three of us, I phoned him, and the three of us went with Dave. We traveled about two miles, and then we went up to this apartment, went up some steps, and then he opened the door, and he said, she's in there, but I'm not going in there. <laughs> and there, as I opened the door and I looked, there was this young girl, she was about 15, 16. She was sitting on the floor, cross-legged, and she was just shaking back and forth. Her back was to the door. 
and she had a little sister next to her with the Bible open. You could still see the dust was on the Bible. She had obviously gone and found it somewhere, and she was reading the Bible. And this young girl was rocking back and forth and just started to scream. So I just stood there as well, and my eyes were like this. I'd never seen this. I was a new Christian, loved the Lord. The guy that was preaching at the church that weekend, he just walked in. He just walked straight in. He walked to the front of her. He started to pray over her. He took authority. It wasn't long, and she just let out this awful scream. She arched her back, and then I could just see the freedom come to her face. Incredible freedom, just peace and freedom. And I thought, Ma, what just happened? It's like God put a hook inside me to find out what this is all about. Do you understand? Because I saw the reality of the power of the name of Jesus. That's what I saw. I'd had a very dramatic conversion. Some of you have heard it. Very dramatic. God really rescued me and saved me. Not more mine was more dramatic than anybody else's, but for me it was. So to that degree, I knew the power of Jesus, but now I saw it in action. Because he just kept saying the name of Jesus. And I saw the freedom come to this young girl. And that started a journey for me of just finding out what is this? What is... So I began to dig into the scriptures and I began to see wherever Jesus went, he confronted the demonic. Mm. He never looked for them. He never sought them out. But whenever they impeded what he was going to do or they impeded the people he was ministering to and they held those people back, he set them free. Yeah. You with me? Yes. Because in spiritual warfare, the focus is not on the devil. You've got to understand, the focus is Jesus Good. Christ. Good. It always is Jesus Christ. Yes. But the Bible tells us, be aware of what's happening. That's all. Just be aware. And arm yourself. Mm-hmm. And so when you're confronted with it, you can deal with it and help others deal with it. Yes. It's that simple. You with me? Don't go look for it. So that was an experience for us. And then we found wherever we went and we ministered, it just, wherever I went and ministered, things would happen. Like people would just, uh, things would, and uh, uh, so we had to learn quickly. We made some big mistakes. We made some things I'm not going to even tell you about that we did that are wrong. If you But we were learning. It was a learning process for us. And so we really got into the word. And so that's what I want to lay that foundation today. But remember, your focus is Jesus. God, I understand that. Okay. Never take your eyes off him. But the Bible clearly says, I'm going to give you some scriptures, hands up. Be aware of what the devil's doing. Yeah. Do not give him a foothold. Yeah. Be aware of his schemes. Um, uh, we've got a whole pile of other scriptures. Go into that later. Are you with me? Yeah. Yes. So the important thing we're going to do, probably do the second half is understanding who we are in Christ Good. and the authority we have. That is key. Absolutely vital. So you don't get afraid. You're not in fear. Never be afraid of the devil. Please. He's a defeated foe. He's defeated, people. I'm going to show you by the scripture. He's defeated. His works have been destroyed. Clearly. You with me? Yes. Okay. So let me ask you a question. Why did Jesus come to earth? I'm not trying to trick you. I'm just trying to engage. That's all. The Bible gives us six or seven reasons why Jesus came to earth. Can anybody name one? To redeem mankind. To seek and save the lost. To seek and save that which was lost. The image of God in human being. To, okay, Luke 19.10. To seek and save that which was lost. That's what he said. I came to seek and save that which was lost. Okay, great. 
which is part of redeeming mankind, yes. To fulfill a prophecy from the Old Testament. Yes, and there were many of them. Okay, that's true, very true. There were many of them, many of them. There's 66 prophecies that were given for one day to happen. Mm. Incredible in the Old Testament. They all happened exactly. It's amazing. Just on that one day. That's amazing. Mm. Yeah. To give a sonship. Yeah, hallelujah. You're quite right. Okay, what does that mean? If we're sons, that means we have a Father, Father in heaven. Yes. Jesus said, I came to reveal the Father. Yeah. If you want to know what the Father in heaven is like, said, look at me. I'm the exact representation of the Father. So if ever you want to know what God is truly like in the heart of the Father, don't let anybody fool you. Look at Jesus' life. Look how He helped people. He loved people. He had compassion up here. He didn't come to judge. He came to redeem. Amen. Amen. You're with me. God understands the heart of the Father, a heart of compassion, a heart of love, a heart of mercy. The Bible says God's kindness leads us to repentance. Yes. Not God's wrath or anger. God's kindness leads us to repentance. Are you with me? Yeah. All right, so carry on. Wonderful. Feel the broken hearted and set the captives free. I knew you were going ahead of me, young lady. Yes, all right. You're right. Luke 4.18. The Spirit of the Sovereign Law is upon me because he's anointed me to release captives. Okay, what's a captive? A prisoner. A prisoner. How? How we not prison? I know physical sin. prisoners. Prison to sin. We bound with sin. Prisoner for sin. What else are we prisoners to? Fear, shame, guilt, unbelief, uh, rejection, doubt, um, hurt, pain. We bound with those things. And he said, "I came to set prisoners free. I came to release the captives." Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. That's what he came to do. Amen. That's what he came to do. And he said, "The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me." Luke four eighteen. Because he has anointed me to do what? To release the prisoners, to set captives free, to preach the year of the Lord's favor. Amen. Amen. So one of his main tasks is to come and set people free. And he's still doing that today. He just does it through you and I. Yes. To help set others free. You with me? Yes. Amen. There are people that are bound. They don't know they're bound. Before I knew Jesus, I didn't know I was bound. I didn't have a clue I was bound, but I was bound. I was bound in sin. I was bound in some lifestyle issues. I was. But when I got free, you know what I'm talking about, all of a sudden you realize, Ma, I was bound to that stuff. But he came to set me free. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Good. All right. Good news. That's why it's good news. All right. That's the one I want to focus on, but help me. Let me use another scripture. 1 John 3, 8. I'm throwing a lot of scriptures at you. See how I'm trying to base it in the word. For this purpose, Christ was revealed to destroy the evil one. Mm. 1 John 3, 8. For this purpose. That was a purpose. It's one of the reasons he came. Christ was revealed to destroy. That word destroy means to loosen people from the bonds of the evil one. That's literally what it means. To loosen them. Uh, they were bound to loosen them from the work of the evil one. Amen. Amen. Jesus didn't destroy the devil. He destroyed his work. The devil is still around. That's why there's problems on earth. But he came to destroy his work. So we can't bind the devil. Because if we could, then we shouldn't have the problems we have. But you can't do that. No in scripture does it say you can bind the devil. But you can bind his work. And destroy his work. 
of fear, lies, deceit, hurt, Good. pain, fear, insecurity, whatever it is. That's all his work. Yes. Let me ask you a scripture. John 10.10. 10. I come that you might have life and health to the full. But the thief comes to steal, steal kill, 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 and destroy. That's his nature. To steal your presence, to steal your peace, to rob you of what God wants to put in your life. Okay. To steal, steal your relationships, your family relationships, your church relationships, to destroy them. That's what he wants to do. So when we're aware of that, then we can deal with it differently. So when I have a fight with my wife, and we don't often fight, and it's always her fault, and I'm teasing, okay? <laughs> then I realize, hang on a minute, there's more at play than me just fighting with my wife here. Very good. Because the devil would like nothing more than for me and my wife to be always fighting with one another. Because then our focus is yeah, instead of on him. Mm-hmm. And what he's called us to do. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So I sort it out. I sit down with her and I, sorry, have been a bad day, forgive me. How many of you had bad days? Yes. If you don't put your hand up, we'll cast the lion's spirit out of you. All right? <laughs> we all have some good days and bad days. You're with me. But it doesn't change who you are in Christ. It never changes that. Amen. It never changes that. You're loved and redeemed and forgiven. All right. One or two more. One or two more. It's great. You're helping me. One or two more. Oh, you went from us. Yeah, yeah. One or two more. There are more others. Okay. New covenant. Yeah, he came to usher in a new covenant, quite correct, and we're going to look at that scripture now. 100%, the old is gone and the new has come. Don't mix the two covenants. Don't take the laws in the old and put them in the new. Jesus came to fulfill the law. So everything's in Christ. That's why Paul writes to the churches and says, holy days and this and that, that's not going to help you. The reality is in Christ. It's not the clothes you wear, it's not any of that stuff, it's not how long your hair is, it's not how long your beard is, or it's nice like these, or whatever. <laughs> doesn't matter what the color your skin is, none of that stuff. doesn't matter how you dress to go to church, just dress modestly, or how comfortably as you want to, it doesn't really matter. It's about what's happening inside the heart. Yes. Yes. Amen, that's what he's after. You with me? Oh, okay. All right, one more. Okay. John 1, you can go read it, where John the Baptist says, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John 1, verse 20. And you go to verse 35. Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin, and He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. That's part of the ministry of Jesus, is to equip people, to empower them for what He's called them to do. That's what the baptism does. So whatever He's called you to do, He'll give you the ability to do it. Amen. I can't have kids. I don't have their ability. The ladies have the ability to have kids. You with me? That's Getting what I'm there, you might be able no, to no, 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 no. <laughs> when I hear what the ladies go through, I don't know. Thank you. Okay. Utmost <laughs> uh, respect for them, really. All right. It's to reveal the kingdom, to destroy the work of the evil one, to seek and save the lost, to take away the sin of the world. We've touched all that. And uh, to reveal the Father, to baptize with the Holy Spirit. And then he also came to call and equip people. That's why he called the disciples, and he spent three and a half years with them. Cooked them. Do with me. All right. But now we're going to focus on one of those aspects. I say that because I want you to see it's one. It's not everything. It's one of the aspects. Spiritual warfare. 
It's one aspect. You've got to understand that. It's part of the coming of the kingdom. Are you with me? Yeah. All right. So, when you got saved, you entered into an army, whether you like it or not. You entered into an army. The day you got saved, you entered, you enlisted in an army. That's why the church is called the army of God. It's also called the household of God. It's also called the family of God. It's also called many, the temple of God. Are you with me? But you're also the army. And so there's times that we need to be an army, but there's other times that we need to be a priesthood. Okay. And there's other times where we need to be a family. Yeah. You with me? Yes. But when we need to be an army, let's be an army. So we can move on, move forward. What does an army do? Advance. Hallelujah. It never goes back. <laughs> okay. Never goes back. Never retreating. And sometimes you feel like you're going back, but if you're just standing in truth, you're not going back. Because that devil wants you to go back. Good, but if yeah. you're just standing, that's what the Bible says. When you've done everything, just stand. Ephesians 6, Good. 11 and 12. When you've done everything, just stand. So stand. Stand in truth. Good. And you'll see God bring the victory. Amen. Good. The evil one will get you to think back, look back, and act back. Mm-hmm. So what he try. He reminds you of the past. It reminds you of your failures. It reminds you of your past insecurities or your fears or your doubts. That's what he does through your mind. That's what he wants to do. And when we live there, when we think there, then we live like that. Because as you think, so you are. Good. You with me? Know in the Bible, does God say look back except for one reason, one reason only. Anybody can help me. To see his faithfulness. To see his faithfulness. Remember what I did. Remember this about me. Remember the stones I took out of the Jordan and they planted it. People will say, what's that? Oh, that's to remember the goodness of God. Mm. So the only time you think back is to remember what God has done. Good. Okay? Good. Somebody said it's like this. The devil took photocopies of your past. So he keeps flashing them before and reminding you. Yeah. But then the Lord Jesus came and he dipped it in his blood and said, cancelled, 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 cancelled. Amen. Amen. It's yes. done with. Your past is done with. Please understand that. Even yesterday, the issues, the problems you had, you are forgiven for them. Walk in it. Amen. Walk in it. Amen. Alright, I don't want to go too far. So you entered into an army. That's what you did. Um, now, the enemy is defeated in principle. I'm going to show you brother's scripture. I'm going to turn to a couple of them now. We are to apply that defeat in practice. That's what we do. He's done with. His work is done with. So you don't, you don't fight for victory. You fight from victory. Yes, yes. The victory has been won. Yes. When Jesus died on the cross, he said a couple of things. One of the things he said, it is finished. It is completely complete. In other words, it can't be more complete. It is done. It's completely complete. Good. Amen. Amen. He's not coming back to die on the cross. He's coming back for his bride. Hallelujah. You're with me. Yes. And I'm sorry to say he's not coming back for America. He's coming back for his people in America. Good. That's good. Okay. Fact. Yeah. You're with me. He's coming back for his church. Yeah. Hallelujah. Oh, he's born again. Believe in sons and daughters. And so it is finished. It is done. And I want to show you clear from scripture that it is done. So you come from a place of understanding in your mind. Jesus, you won the victory. How do I 
apply my life to walk in that victory, from a place of victory, because yes. you've done it. Everything, let me use an Old Testament principle. When God called um, uh, Moses and then he called Joshua and he said, I'll give you a promised land. Then at the end of the beginning of the book of Deuteronomy, the book of Deuteronomy is just a reminding of what God has said. That's what Deuteronomy means. Mm. So Moses stands up, he said, listen, let me remind you all that God has said and done. And he starts with Deuteronomy chapter 1 and 2, and he said it three or four times. Remember, the Lord said to us, see, I've given you the promised land. Past tense. Now go and take it. But they were still on this side of the Jordan. They haven't crossed over it. But in God's mind, I've given it to you. Mm. It's done. Good. Mm. Hello? Mm. They had to learn how to appropriate that through faith and obedience. Mm. And so Jesus said, see, I've destroyed the work of the evil one. It is done. Mm. Now, through faith and obedience, appropriate that victory. So the enemy's work has been destroyed in principle. But we know in practice we still get in there. But you don't get it from a place of I'm defeated and I have to get victory. No, the victory is mine. Now let me walk in it. You come from a place of victory. It's a mindset. You've got to understand that. Hello? Yes. You with me? Yes. Am I telling you truth? Yes. yes it's in the Bible. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's look at some scriptures. Let me... Can I skip this just a little closer? Yeah. Yes, of course. Just so I get started. Oh, all Is right. Okay? Yeah, yeah, you know, more than welcome. All right, let's look at one scripture, very important scripture. Let's go to Mark chapter 1, verse 15. This is a very important scripture. Not that all the other scriptures aren't, they are. But this just helps us decide. Mark 1, 15. Go to verse 14. It says, After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news. This is after Jesus had been baptized in water. And when he came out of the water, remember what happened? The heavens opened. And uh, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him like a dove. Yes. And that Jesus was anointed. You with me? Mm-hmm. And very, very interesting. I'm sidetracking. What was the first words that came out of the Father's mouth that people heard audibly? This is my son. This is my son. How much had Jesus done up until that point? Nothing. This is my son, whom I love, with whom I'm well pleased. Next time people audibly heard the voice of God speaking to Jesus, what was the first thing he said? Three times it happened. This is my son, whom I love. Listen to him. Third time. This is my son, whom I love, whom I've glorified. So when the Lord speaks to you, this is my son first, not you've messed up. You're a, no, this is my son, this is my daughter whom I love. That's how God sees you, people. That's where he starts. Hello? Yes. <laughs> you with me? Yes. Let that settle inside. All right, sorry, there was a sidetrack. Alright, so verse 15 said, so then he proclaiming the good news, this is what Jesus said, the time has come, he said, the kingdom of God is near, repent and believe the good news. Now this is an important scripture, why? Let's unpack it a little bit. That word time literally means it's a moment of great importance. 
It's a critical, decisive point in time. That's what it means. This is of great importance. This is a critical moment. This is a very important moment. That's what he's saying. The time. It's an important time, okay? Has come. That word means to complete, to fulfill, to accomplish, to personally perform. Say, so Jesus is saying, there's a critical moment that's now arrived. It's very important. And I've come to perform it, to complete it, to accomplish it. Amen? And the next word he means is near. He says, the time has come, the kingdom of God is near. That word near means to bring at hand, to bring close, to bring here amongst you. So this is an important moment, a critical moment in the history of time that I've come to fulfill and to bring the kingdom of God, that which is in heaven, that which is like in heaven, I've come to bring it here on earth. Are you with me? That's what he's saying. Then he says, repent. That word repent is not so much about uh, our sins being forgiven as part of that. It's more about change the way you think. Look at things differently. Turn away from unbelief. In other words, change the way you think. Don't think like you used to in the old. Now he's talking to Jewish people. So he's saying, don't think Old Testament. Don't think laws and rituals and sacrifices. You've got to think different now. Because I'm the sacrifice. See how important it is. That's what he was saying. Therefore he's saying believe. It, that word believe means emotion into towards something. So if you unpack that one verse, it's saying, listen, there's a critical time, very important, incredibly important time, that I've come to complete, to fulfill, to bring to fruition, so that the kingdom of God can be amongst you, with you, in you. Therefore, think differently, and trust me. That's what it means. Hallelujah. So that's, so he's saying from this time on, things are going to be different. It's changing. That's where, so then for three and a half years, Jesus lived that out. Yes. He demonstrated what the kingdom of God looks like. He preached on it. This is what the kingdom of God likes. This is what the kingdom of God, this is what the kingdom, he told parables to explain it. And that's what he did. And that's why he set the captives free. He raised the dead. He healed the sick. He gave the, the, the blind back their sight. He uh, set people free from emotional bondage. Um, he, that's what he did. Okay. Amen. He demonstrated what he had just spoken about, the kingdom coming. Yes. Then he went. And he said, okay, now my church is going to do it. Amen. Exactly what I did, my church is going to do. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 But he said, but I brought that time. It's done. It's... Then he died on the cross. Why? So he could fulfill what he'd been doing in other people as they come to forgiveness and receive new birth and new life and be empowered and then they turn his church and do and does the work of the evil one. Mm -hmm. Am I perfect? No. Anybody here perfect? You're perfect in Christ. But God doesn't wait for perfection before he uses us. Yes. He uses us while he's busy working with us. It's about availability. Not ability. Good. That's good, man. It's always about availability. That's why he'll anybody who avails himself, he'll use. Mm -hmm. uh, even me, you're right. Even you can use me, trust me, boy. This uneducated African. That's who I am. I'm an uneducated African. I 
didn't go to university, I struggled academically. So, sorry, it's just the way I was. I struggled with dyslexia, that's why I still fixing from time to time. Very shy, introverted in the natural. I'm just, it's not about me, I'm just trying to express the goodness of God. That's what I'm trying to express. That's all it is. You can take it. Anybody. 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 Amen. Amen. Yeah, even though you're still struggling with stuff. He knows that. Yes. But he's busy setting you free. And as that process continues, so the effectiveness continues. But he still uses him in the meantime. If you avail yourself to him. It's good. All right. So, very key scripture. Let's look at others. All right. So, let's go to... I gave you 1 John 3, 8. For this purpose, Christ was revealed. I gave you Luke 4, 18. To show you that Jesus was anointed to set captives free. Let's go to Acts 10, 38. Just trying to lay a foundation. Can you see the last? What was the first again? X. X10X. X. Sorry, my accent is. Um, <laughs> yeah. I tell people I'm from Africa and now I'm an American because I'm a citizen, so I'm African American. <laughs> 38. Well, I am, so are you. Are you an American citizen yet? No. You are? No. Did they accept you? He's, he's still a probationary. Oh. He's, he's a probationary. Uh, okay. <laughs> still testing him out. Oh, they're still testing him out. <laughs> Acts 10.38. This is where Peter's preaching uh, to Cornelius. And then in verse 37, one verse, he says, You know what happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Just let me stop there a minute. Whenever you see the phrase Jesus of Nazareth, it's, sometimes it's just Jesus. But when you see the phrase Jesus, he's talking about his manhood. He's talking about he was fully man, fully God. It's talking about him as a man, just like you and I, and how Jesus anointed the man. Yeah, hello, you with me? Because when Jesus came to earth, he gave up some of his divine prerogatives. He gave up the ability to know all things. He didn't know all things. He had to ask questions. How long has your son been like this? I don't know when people say, when is the end time coming? I don't know. The father knows. You with me? That's why he asked questions. He didn't know. Who touched me? Who touched me? He didn't know. So he operated by words of wisdom, words of knowledge. You operate fully in the fullness of the Spirit. Wow. You've got to understand that because it's key for you and I. Yeah. Because how can we do what Jesus did if he had something special that we don't have? Hello. That's why we need the anointing. You with me? Yes. So whenever you see that phrase, that's how he anointed the man Jesus. So he'd know all things. He couldn't be everywhere at once. He wasn't omnipresent. He had to be one. He was yeah. confined to a body. Yeah. Couldn't be everywhere at once. And he didn't have all power. Before he got baptized with the Spirit, he did no miracles. When he got back, that's when it happened. That's why the baptism of the Spirit is so important. For us to walk in the fullness of God. You with me? Sorry, these are all sidetracks. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. Isn't that's what it focuses on? 
Didn't say how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and how he went around forgiving everybody. He did. But how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil. Mm. Who were captive by the devil. Who were bound by the devil. Who their thought patterns, their lifestyles, their, their relationships. They were under the dominion of darkness. He said, I came to set them free. I came to heal them from that. Amen. Amen. Colossians 1. So I'm throwing a lot of scripture. Colossians 1.13. He rescued us from darkness. He rescued us from the dominion of darkness. It's a violent action. And he translated us and put us in the kingdom of his son. Hallelujah. He rescued us. Okay. So you can see that. All right. Let's go to Acts 26. Paul shares his testimony a couple of times in scripture and this is one of the times where Paul tells people the Saul who became Paul and how he got saved Acts 26 are you alright? I'm fine, I have to go to work oh I'm so sorry it was a power pack half an hour thanks for coming for half an hour bless you work, go well Alright, Acts 26, uh, verse 15, it said, Then I asked, Who are you? He's telling this, Acts 14, it says, We fell to the ground, and I heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? It's hard for you to kick against the goats. He's giving his experience of what happened to him. Then I asked, Who are you, Lord? And I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, the Lord said. So this is how he got saved. This is the word he got. Now get up. Amazing how the Lord says, okay, now you're on your ground, but now get up, okay? <laughs> Stand on your feet. I've appeared to you to appoint you as a servant. First and foremost, we're servants of the Most High God. It's not about a ministry. It's not about a title. It's not about the anointing. We are servants. First and foremost, I encourage you, let God cultivate a servant heart in you for His purpose, okay? As a servant... And as a witness of what you have seen of me and what I will show you. So I'm just sidelining all the time. You can only give what you've received. John 3, 33 or 36 says, John the Baptist said, you can only receive what is given to you. So whatever God reveals to you and show you, that's what you can really give that will have impact. That's why revelation is so important. Amen. You with me? Yes. So let me ask you a quick question. How many of you have had a revelation of some aspect of God to some degree? Hold on to that. Yes. Whatever it is, hold on to that. And as you mature in that and as you allow that to really depart, as you... Just be you. That's what will come out of you and it will impact others. Because yes. it has spiritual impact. Do you understand what I'm saying? How many of you have seen a miracle or seen a healing or seen a deliverance? It has impact on you. So every time you tell that testimony, people can't take it away from you because you experienced it. No matter what they say, they can't convince you out of it. People try that. Do you know what I mean? But you say, no, I saw it. I saw it in my own eye. And as you share that, you'll see it'll have impact because you saw it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Amen. 
Amen. And that's what God asks us always to share and be part of. Okay? So what I, you have seen in me and what I will show you. I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. I'm sending you to them to do what? To open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light. Now who put them in darkness? The evil one. Okay? From darkness to light and from the power or the authority of Satan to God. So that they might receive forgiveness of sins and a place, bless you, those who are sanctified by me. So you can see even in Paul's calling, part of his calling was to set people free from darkness to light. Amen. You can see that's what God is saying. I've called you to do this, Paul. And we're all called to do that to some degree, in some way, in our own, through our own personality and our own style. Don't copy it somewhat else be you. Because I'll reach people that you can't reach and you'll reach people I can't reach. Okay. That's why we need one another. Yes. Amen. And Gavin will reach one or two. Well, no, I'm teasing you Gavin. Sorry. I know him well so I can tease him a little bit. He's always a target here. <laughs> yeah, he is. He gives it back to me. Trust me. Okay. So it's important that you know that. Okay. Um, there are more but okay. Alright, any questions up to now? Mm -hmm. the time. Can we go another 10 minutes? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Just trying to lay a foundation. We've already gone nearly 40. Really? Yeah. You can go for a few hours though. Okay, a few hours, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, the cross. What happened at the cross? The cross is a significant... Matthew 27, and one translation talks about what happened when Jesus died on the cross. Can anyone remember what happened? Three things. The veil was torn. What does that represent for us? So I'm not trying to catch you. I'm just trying to help us work it through together. The division between us and the Holy Spirit. Correct. Between us and the Father has been taken away. So you don't go through a person to God. You go through Jesus to God. Amen. You don't go through you or Vanessa to get to God. You go through Jesus. There's one mediator. Amen. Okay. Amen. And I hope I'm not going to step on somebody's toes here. I hope you don't go through a Pope. I'm not criticizing. I'm just trying to bring truth. That's yes. all. Yes. You with me? Yes. Okay. We go through Jesus. Amen. That's what I'm trying to say. Yes. Okay. All right. So this, what else happened? It is finished. Yeah, he said it is finished, but two other things, significant things happened. So I'm not trying to catch you out. Really, I'm not. Okay. <laughs> What else? What shook? The Bible says no. What the Bible says? The earth shook. Remember, the earth shook, and the graves came open, and men that had been dead all of a sudden came alive and started to walk around. You imagine that? Maybe one of them was Moses or Elijah. I don't know. I have no clue. Bible Imagine that. I thought you were dead. Now you're walking down the street. But anyway, I'm teasing. That signifies the authority he has over the natural. And the authority has over death, which mm -hmm. is the final weapon of the evil one. Mm -hmm. Death. Yes. To kill us, to destroy us. Mm -hmm. Jesus said, no, I've overcome that. Mm -hmm. Amen. I've overcome that. Mm -hmm. Oh, death, oh, death, where's your sting? 1 Corinthians 15. It's gone. There's victory. Hallelujah. Amen. So, and I know we have forgiveness of sins, and I know there's unconditional love expressed through the cross. That's why he died for us, that our sins may be forgiven, and he loves us. God so loved that he sent his son. It doesn't say God was so angry. 
God so loved that he sent his son. Okay. So when at the cross there was a cosmic spiritual war that waged that day. Matthew 27, 51. And in John 19, 30 it said it is finished. It is completely complete. So in that moment when Jesus died, there was a coming together of all Satan's hatred on Jesus. All of it. He had tried before. He tried to kill all the newborn babies. Remember Matthew chapter 2? Didn't succeed. He had tried in the temptation of the wilderness. You can go read it. When he tempted him. Remember? And Jesus kept saying, but it, it is written. It is written. And then the Bible says in Luke 4, 18 to Luke 4, 14, it says, and he left the tempter left Jesus until an opportune time. In other words, he was coming back. Okay? Then in Luke 9.50, there's a couple of places, and I'll show you, where the evil one tried to persuade Jesus to deter from the target of what he was called to go to. He was called to go to Jerusalem to die on the cross. And you go read it, don't have to look it up. In Luke 9.50, it says, Jesus resolutely set his mind that word means like an iron wall towards Jerusalem. He said, I've got to go and die. But the evil one tried to persuade him from it. Remember Peter? Who do people say I am? Some say this. What do you say? Oh, you're the son of the most high God. You know that revelation? Yes. And we're going to talk on it later. And then Jesus said, Peter, you did not get that by yourself. Trust me. That came from my father in heaven. And on this truth, on this rock, on this truth I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven then the next verse says it says from that time on uh, Matthew 16 from that time on he began to tell them that he's got to go to Jerusalem and die he never told them before but as soon as he saw that a revelation of who he was came he then told them his real purpose here on earth was to go to the cross and die for the next two chapters, he told them eight times. Isn't that amazing, eh? And what, can you anyone remember? Then what did Peter say? Listen, guys, I'm going to the cross to die. And then Peter says, no, you won't. We'll look after you. That's not going to happen. He's trying to be compassionate. You know what I mean? How does Jesus answer him? Anybody know? Get behind me. Get behind me. Who? Satan. Satan. Harsh. Yeah, right. Right? Eh? <laughs> Imagine that. So Peter had a revelation of who Jesus is. Five minutes later, the devil spoke through him. Amazing, eh? And Jesus recognized that immediately. Get behind me, Satan. You do not have the things of God. He said, because I have to go and die. So that's what the devil will try and take you off your purpose that God has for you. It's one of his points. Get you hooked into all other stuff from and then we become issue-driven and cause-driven instead of Jesus-focused. But anyway, so that's another thing for another day. All right. And then in Gethsemane, Mark, Matthew 26, where the, remember in Gethsemane, he went to pray and he sweated drops of blood. It was so intense. That's a spiritual battle that was happening. Imagine sweating drops of blood. I mean, I'm not a lady. I haven't given birth to ladies. I saw my wife, what she went through. I saw the pain she went through. I saw the anguish she went through. She didn't sweat drops of blood, but I could see it was painful. Imagine sweating drops of blood. The anguish, the spiritual intensity of what was happening at that moment. Amen. So, at the cross it all came together. Three things happened at the cross. Very important to understand it. I'm going to turn you to a scripture. 
Colossians, Colossians. Am I going too fast? Mm -hmm. Am I saying too much? Or? No, it's good, it's good. Sorry. Okay, it's recorded. You guys want to go back and listen to it. Yeah, and now I'm throwing a lot of you at once. So, Colossians chapter 2. Three things that happened at the cross. Many things happened, but three main things happened at the cross. Colossians 2. Let's go to verse, the end of verse 13, it says, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us our sins, having canceled the written code with its regulations that was against us and that stood opposed to us. He took it away, nailing it to the cross. So that's all the law and the legalism. Verse 15, and having disarmed, disarmed the powers and authorities that's talking about the spiritual powers and authorities he made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them by the cross that's a powerful verse he led them in a triumphal procession so three things happened number one at the cross he disarmed Satan disarmed him completely disarmed him so what the Bible says there. Disarmed him. He disarmed them. Hello? Yes. So that's why the only way the evil one can get you is through deceit, lies, fear. That's how he intimidates you. And then you begin to believe lies. And whatever you believe in your mind, you're going to walk out. Oops, sorry. You're going to walk out. Are you with me? Okay. And we're going to touch on that the second half because it's very key, very important. Your biggest battle will be uh, in your Christian walk, in your mind. Okay? And then it has the emotion content. So he disarmed him. That word disarms me to spoil strip once and for all. Amen. To spoil a strip once and for all. He robbed the evil one of his right to accuse us. That's what he did. Good. He robbed him of that right. He disarmed him from that. Good. He said, no longer will he stand and accuse my people day and night. This is what he tries to do. And how do we overcome him when he accuses us? By the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Hallelujah. You see, you don't even have to do it. You just have to speak it. Alright. Alright. So first thing he disarmed. The next thing he, the cross displayed. The Bible said he made a public display of him. He displayed. In the spiritual realm he literally displayed him before the angelic world. The demonic world and the spiritual world. It's what he literally did. He took him before the whole spiritual world and he said, yeah, he has the display in the spirit realm that he's been disarmed. It's like you drive on the highway and you see this big billboard for everybody to see what's happened. That's literally what it means. He displayed this disarming. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. Satan is forever a public spectacle of defeat when God's people enforce the cross victory. And the third thing the Bible says, he defeated. He not only disarmed and displayed, he defeated Satan. The power of Satan was shattered at the cross. He triumphed over the evil one completely, completely, completely. Triumphed over him. So he has been disarmed, he's been displayed, and he's been defeated at the cross. So people say, well, why is my life like it is? Why do I still struggle? 
One is because we live in a fallen world and we have stuff happen, we have life come at us. And the other one is because we haven't got our thinking right yet. We're not thinking the way God would like us to think. So we're still thinking a very, uh, we very, unfortunately Christians think in a, in a sin mentality rather than a righteous mentality. We tend to think from the negative rather than the positive. You with me? Mm-hmm. That's why it's so important to renew our mind. It's mm-hmm. very important. All right. And he comes to us through deception, fear, lies. And that's why the Bible, we're going to go through it. Don't give him a foothold. Be aware of his works. Mm-hmm. Uh, be on your watch. Be on the alert. Your, de- your enemy, the devil's roaming around like a roaring lion mm-hmm. looking for someone to devour. So, remember, we always fight the good fight on the foundation of a victory already won. You're not trying to win a victory, it's already won. That's all I was trying to lay out this first Good. session. Good. That it's won. Good. Because of the cross yes. and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. You just have to enforce it. Yes. So, yes. That's all. You don't have to fight for the victory. You've got it. Alright, I hope that was helpful. Good. I got yes. a lot of scripture at you. Good. Yeah. Good. All right. That's Very a good. lot in one.